Hello, listeners. We're kicking off another episode with our friends over at Mentor Cam. As a reminder, Mentor Cam gives you access to high-profile advisors and experts for one-on-one advice. For more information, go to codestory.co slash mentorcam. That's M-E-N-T-O-R-C-A-M to learn more. Use the discount code CODE, C-O-D-E, all one word, to get 20% off your first mentorship session. Well, today I have another special guest on the Code Story podcast, Max Samuel. He's a venture capitalist and a lawyer. He had an extensive career, has an extensive career in the VC space, uh, including with Teal Capital and currently with Snow Ventures. He's passionate about mentoring startup founders and people looking to break into VC. Max, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks, Noah. Great to be here. Well, before we jump into all things VC, and, and how VCs view startups is kind of our, our topic for today. Tell me a little bit about you. So I am uh, originally from the U.S., originally from Philadelphia, live now in Norway. My sort of journey getting here started uh, after college. I moved to New York and worked at Credit Suisse for a bit of time. You know, that was 2008, 2009. So, so sort of a tough time to be uh, on the equity capital markets desk. So made a uh, transition and decided to go to law school. Moved back actually to my my hometown, uh, Philadelphia, and went to law school there, and and did you know, sort of a joint program with the business school, and spent a lot of time focusing on on entrepreneurship and venture capital from those two perspectives. And then after graduating, moved out west and joined a law firm called Wilson Cincini, based in uh, Palo Alto, where I was working very closely with really early stage startups. You know, about as early as it gets, a couple couple folks with an idea and sort of, you know, where do we go next all the way up? And, and the firm is, is a pretty large law firm and, and works with some also, you know, big public companies as well. So kind of seeing the whole life cycle of, of a startup growing into and maturing into a, a big global corporation. Really enjoyed it. Um, really enjoyed working hands-on with with founders. And then I joined Teal Capital uh, in San Francisco, which is Peter Teal's personal investment office and was doing a number of things uh, with that office on the legal side, doing a lot of work on structuring, negotiating Peter's direct investments into uh, startups, and then also some work on on the finance side and also making investments out of his office. And and particularly toward toward the end of my time at, at Teal Capital, I was spending a good amount of time focused on on the Nordic region. And my wife's Norwegian, so I was spending a lot of time out here as well. And so kind of giving giving the office and Peter a little bit of that, you know, local insight, I guess you could say, into to the region. That's how I got to know the folks I work with now. Long story short, moved out here in late 2020 and joined um, Snow Ventures. Um, and that's where I am now. Awesome. Thanks for walking me through that story. Well, let's let's jump into the meat of it then. So my first question is this. What is different about early stage VC versus just VC, right? You hear early stage, different stages. What's the difference between the two? The way I look at it, and we are an early stage VC fund. And, and, and so what that means to me is that we are backing founders and their ideas. Our analysis doesn't doesn't hinge quite as much on you know what's what's this long trajectory in terms of growth, in terms of traction, in terms of sort of financial metrics around a company. It's much more in the early stage around taking big bets on on or, or just taking bets on on big bold ideas and sort of the founders that come up with those ideas and, and building conviction around the ideas and, and and the founders themselves to be able to execute on them and kind of navigate the challenges. That, that we and they foresee. 
So I think that's one of the, the primary differences. So how do venture capital firms evaluate startups? You know, you, you mentioned a couple of things there with the, you know, the ideas and the founders, but, but kind of as a kind of complete view of that, how, how are startups evaluated by VCs? Starting again with, with the team, I think the first thing we look for is, is a really strong team. Ideally, somebody or, or a group of people that have personal experience in the, the problem that they're looking to solve or have a unique expertise uh, on, on that issue. Oftentimes, we see co-founders um, as opposed to a single founder. And when, we, when it is a group of co-founders, we like to see people that have worked together for quite a bit of time or have known each other for quite a bit of time. So there's a bit of an established relationship. And also nice when they're, they complement each other in some way, whether it's um, yeah, pr- primarily around experience. And so often you'll see a technical co-founder and more of a business-focused co-founder. Or, you know, th- those are one, that, that's one dynamic we see a lot. And, and kind of going back to my time at, at Teal Capital and working with Peter Thiel, you know, one of his main ways of, of analyzing founders and, and companies is, is, do these founders have some secret to the world that others don't know? And are they building a business around this secret? And I, and I think you know, that, that's his idea. And that's something I learned working alongside him. And I think it's a really powerful way to, to look at a team and their ideas is, do these folks have an understanding of the world that, that others don't? And are they able to sort of execute on that idea? So I think it starts a lot with the team. To expand on that, you know, we'll think about kind of the market that they're going after. Does this market seem like it's large enough? Are they transforming the market uh, in a certain way versus taking, you know, sort of a slight incremental step? And, and we'd like to look at companies that are a bit more transformational than, than incremental in their thinking. Or are they creating a, an entirely new market through an innovation or an idea or, or sort of an evolution of, of thinking? And then I think another sort of in, in, in summarizing these is defensibility or, or, or moat. Does this idea or does the company have the ability to create strong barriers around it? One example would be, is the technology that they've come up with very hard to replicate? Or is this team uniquely experienced in a certain way that, that others aren't able to, to replicate? And so that could be their, their background. That could be they have some sort of significant technical knowledge. And then we also like to think about, well, how do those barriers get even stronger? And so this is this is around the network effects of the company. So how, as this company gets more users, gets larger, how do they become even more sort of defensible in, in capturing and, and maintaining the market that they've that they've created? So those are kind of three broad categories of things that, that we look at with early stage companies. So all those things make sense, right? That you're looking for in startups. And and it kind of answers my next question. Like what's important? At the early stage, but I, but I want to ask it in a different way. So I, I'm curious, like how a startup can present that information in the most effective way, and you know, it, it's sort of centered around what sh- what should a pitch deck include? How do they how do they come to the table and get your attention when they're pitching you? It's important to think about how they can distill some of those topics or, or considerations into just a few slides, because we're seeing a lot of different presentations come and it's important to be able to convey, you know, powerful information in, in a very dense format, I guess, or condensed format. So I think a lot about, about the team is, is, is really powerful and it's, it's presenting why is this the right team to solve this specific problem? What, what do these people know? What have they experienced in, in their past and, and to, to really attack this problem? And so we recently spoke with a company, two of the, the founders had 
had spent a lot of time working with some of these freelance uh, platforms, and, and they were power users of, of these platforms, and and they had identified through this use some real flaws or, or sort of potential areas of improvement for how people can organize themselves. And and this is unique knowledge because there aren't that many power users. And so this is something that, that they were able to distill from, from their personal experience. And they developed kind of a product and idea around this. Again, it's, it's why are these folks uniquely situated to solve this problem? And then what's their vision for, for how to change the way people kind of interact or address this, this, this issue? Well, switching gears a little bit from, you know, how VCs, you know, see startups, how do you get into VC? Like, how do you start a career in venture capital? And this is a really interesting field, but I don't know that there's a, a clear path, at least in my head, of how to get there. So how do, you, how do you get into this? There are some paths that I think have shown to be a little bit more of uh, the standard way of getting in. And so you've got folks that go you know, through business school and maybe have a finance background or, or people that have an entrepreneurial background. But it's an interesting industry because there are so many types of investors um, with, with different experiences, and they all add a ton of value to the whole venture capital process because it's, you know, it's a combination of networking, sourcing companies, doing investment analysis, and, and then also supporting portfolio companies along the way. And so there's so many different types of folks with different backgrounds who can be value add to this process. So I think, you know, I, I think you can really draw from a lot of different experience. Uh, and, and still be a very strong venture capitalist. Um, but that said, you know, there are some more traditional paths, but you don't necessarily have to have followed those. I think a, a good way to break in to the industry is is to just get involved. And that means reaching out to incubators uh, and, and lending your services. It, it could be writing. So st- sort of st- starting your own blog, putting your thoughts out there, doing some analysis and, and really just distributing it, building a bit of a, a portfolio in terms of thesis, a thesis that you've developed uh, or certain trends that you follow and, and building maybe a bit of a following around that. Or, or if not, building a, you know, somewhat of a portfolio of writing to, to then send to, to, to venture capital firms and say, hey, you know, this is something I'm really passionate about. This is the type of work that I've done. These are the types of companies that I've followed. This is how I think I could, you know, be a, a value-add member to your to your fund or to your firm. So I think there are a lot of ways where you can be very proactive, uh, even if you don't have the typical, you know, finance or entrepreneurial or investment background yourself. In an ideal world, it's a world based on meritocracy, and and, and those who can add a lot of value to the process. Uh, should be involved in the process, and and so I think it's really just putting in the work and demonstrating that you, that you can be you know a, a good member of a of a venture capital group. That's interesting about the writing. I hadn't thought about that. Kind of forming a thesis and writing it down, and sort of becoming a thought leader in the space, backed by your portfolio or your thesis. That's that's really interesting. Well, one more question, Max. If you were going to start again in in this world, right? You've 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 done some pretty amazing things in the VC world. So kudos on that. If, if you were just starting again, what would you do differently? You know, is there anything that you would, you might tweak a bit in the early days when you were just getting started? I think it would have been fun to have a bit more operational experience. Working for Wilson Satini was great because I, I got to be very close to a lot of different companies as, as sort of an, an outside general counsel in a way. But like, 
you know, my involvement was, was limited. It was passing and it was limited because it was, you know, I'd meet with a company for a couple hours and, and we would discuss some of these legal issues and then they would go off and do their own thing. And then I'd meet with another company. And, and I think it's a very different experience when, when you're living the day-to-day life and, and sort of ups and downs with, with a company and you really get to understand the founder mentality. You really get to understand kind of the breadth and depth of, of issues that they go through. And, and I think you just become sort of much more well-rounded in your approach to working with founders and working with companies if, you actually, if you've actually had that hands-on operational experience. So I think I was lucky to, to have been in a position where early in my career, I got to work with a lot of different startups, but, it, but I think it would have been cool. And I think it, it would have been really helpful to get that really strong hands-on operational experience. Well, Max, this has been a blast. Thank you for telling me about how VCs see startups and how you can break into the VC world. Really appreciate you being on the show today. It was great being here. Thanks for having me, Noah. Well, this concludes another great chat and expert advice from our friends over at MentorCam. Big thanks to Max Samuel for joining us today. You can check out Max and book a session with Max on MentorCam by going to codestory.co slash MentorCam today. Make sure to use the promo code CODE C-O-D-E for 20% off. Stay tuned in next week for another great chat and expert advice from our friends over at MentorCam. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.